Praise God tonight, morning, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's open our Bible to Isaiah chapter 28 and the 10th verse. Isaiah chapter 28 and the 10th verse. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 28 and the 10th verse. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Hallelujah. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little, there a little. Amen. Isaiah 28.10. When Isaiah was teaching, he was teaching them line by line. Precept by precept. Revelation by revelation. The people those days were asking him, why are you teaching like school children? Why are you teaching like one subject after another subject? We are taught to sit at the feet of God. Is that enough? Why are we taking another subject? Why subject-wise? Why line by line? Why revelation by revelation? What is the need? Hallelujah. This morning, sometimes you will feel you are being taught like school children and you don't like it. But when you are teaching the school children, you know that they have a future. You know that there are, hallelujah, greatness that is living inside of them. You know that if you teach them and train them and coach them well, and hallelujah, if they understand it and grasp it, they are going to take over the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. So even this morning, the Lord gave me one word. He said, teach your people. He said, line by line. Some people know about salvation. Hallelujah. That, that's not enough. After salvation, you come to Jesus. Then there is worship. That's why we come here. There is personal worship. It's progressive. Revelation is progressive. You get closer to the Lord. You open the Bible. You read the Bible. You come to know about Jesus. We don't stop reading the Bible. We keep reading the Bible. Because revelation is progressive. We start coming to church. Then we start coming early to church. Praise the Lord. Coming to church is one thing. Coming early to church is another thing. Because revelation is progressive. First time I was told I need to come to church. So that's the revelation I got. I need to be with the body of Christ. Then I was taught it's not enough to come to church. I need to come early to church. Praise the Lord. I need to give my best. And so line by line, precept by precept. Suddenly I start hearing I'm not enough to come to church. I, I, I need to spend time with God, as you heard. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen. So it's not enough to come to church and go back. I need to take the word back. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Then you understood it's not enough there. I need an anointing of God. Amen. It's not easy to live a Christian walk just by myself. I need an anointing of God. So you are praying, as the Bible says in John 7, 38, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me, and out of the believer's heart shall flow a river. I want an anointing to walk in this Christian life. So it's line by line. So you pray for an anointing. Then you understand the anointing is not just enough for me. I need the power of God for service, to be a witness unto God. So line by line, precept by precept. Then you understand it's not just enough to uh, ask the power of God. I need to go through the waters of baptism and to proclaim, hallelujah, that Jesus is my Lord publicly. So you go through the waters of baptism and, and it goes through line by line, precept by precept. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then you understand that I need to serve the Lord. So 
Then you understand that I need to be committed to the Lord. It's not enough to come uh, just for like a visitor, spectator and go back. I need to come, maybe put the chairs, clear. You know, I want to be a part. I want to connect to the church. Now just coming there, it automatically won't connect. You need to take time, spend with the time, make friends, speak to people, make, make friends with the leadership. You need to speak the same language. You need to connect with people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then you understand it's not enough there. You need to go back and find the right people. Because there are people everywhere in the church and outside the church. Hallelujah. Who comes and speak forth wrong things into your ears. So you identify who are the people, right people that I need to speak with. Hallelujah. Who are the wrong people I need to avoid? You understand that I need, my heart needs to be set apart unto God. So line by line. Precept, you know, you understand I cannot identify myself with the world. If I identify myself with the world, I cannot be a friend of God. So you stay away from the world, line by line, precept by precept. Then you understand that I have not just an anointing, there are different anointings. There is anointing to heal, there is anointing to deliver, there is anointing to see a financial breakthrough, there is an anointing to see, hallelujah, miracles, there is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, praise the Lord. So you want to move into the gifts of the Spirit. Then you understand gifts is not enough. I need the fruit of love, joy, peace first before I move into the gifts. Line by line, precept by precept. Then you understand that our church is not just in the four walls. I need to take the word that I, I, I receive, go back into the world and speak to other people and to see my family safe. So it has gone from uh, 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 selfishness of you coming here. It has gone, your heart has gone to the world. Line by line, precept by precept. Praise the Lord. Then you understand there are, there are, when you start doing that, you understand there are principalities and authorities and powers and dominions trying to block me from walking a holy life, from walking a, a, to witnessing to others. There are, there are things that are, that are coming against my way. So I need to pray and I need to fast too. So line by line, precept by precept. Then you understand it's not enough to just live. Enough live to have a good, if the Lord tarries, I need to prepare first for the coming of the Lord. Because when the Lord comes, I want to hear good and faithful servant. Praise the Lord. So it's not enough just to live. I need to live keeping the future in mind. Praise the Lord. Line by line, precept by precept. Hallelujah. You need to be taught. Then you understand it's not enough to be alone. I need to have godly relationships. I need to have relationship in my family, in the church. I need to be submitted to a church, submitted to a pastor. That's the umbrella. That's a covering over my life. Line by line, precept by precept. And hallelujah. If you look at any life from David to Paul, from Jesus, hallelujah, to the disciples, they went through line by line. Jesus did not get born and immediately went into the temptation on the wilderness. He was tempted for 40 days. He grew up, he became 30 years old, he was a carpenter's son, he was working line by line. Immediately, he came from heaven, next day, went to the cross as a baby and got <laughs> crucified, did not go back to heaven and say, it is finished. Line, even Jesus had to go through line by line, precept by precept. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there are three 
great. There are three great blessings. Amen. The word great blessings. There are three great blessings that God has given us. Praise the Lord. To move as a line to line, precept to precept. Number one, the Bible calls it the great salvation. Not, I don't have time, Hebrews 2. It says great salvation. Do not neglect such a great salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. The first thing that God has given us is great salvation. Everybody say great salvation. Hallelujah. It is a great salvation. It's not a small thing. It was a great salvation. When Jesus died on the cross, it was not to give a medium salvation. It was to give you a great, he was a great savior. It was a great salvation. Hallelujah. That's why salvation does not remain with you. If it remains with you, it's not great. It remains with your family. It's not great. It has to go all the world. Jesus said, so great that I don't want anyone to be destroyed. That salvation can save each and every person in the world if people respond. It's a great salvation. It's not his thoughts to anybody to perish. If you want to be saved, if you would preach the same gospel of your salvation to somebody else, Jesus is the Savior. He will save them too. But you need to have the faith. You need to have the confidence. Hallelujah. Do not neglect such a great salvation. That's what Jesus, what happened on the cross? Jesus died on the cross. Now why did he die? There was a case against you. There was a case. In every case, there are three angles. Number one, there is a social angle. And before a social angle, there is something called the legal angle. Number two, there is a social angle. Number three, there is a divine angle to any case any lawyer that you speak to, they'll say, for every case, there are three angles. There is, number one, a legal angle. There was a case against you. Against the law, you were a sinner. Against the law, you were under the judgment of God. Against the law, you were a sinner. Legal angle. It was against you. God has to be against you because the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and the 21, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There was a legal angle. There was a legal case against you. Praise the Lord. Amen. According to the law, God has given through angels in heaven. You were a sinner and you were under the judgment. There was a legal case against you. James chapter 2 and the 9th and the 10th verse says, even if you have just broken one of the smaller laws, it is as good as breaking the entire law. Hallelujah. See how the, so powerful the law was that there was a legal. The devil could stand and accuse you and say, hey, this guy is not righteous before God. He had the audacity to look at you and say, he's not righteous. He's called the accuser of the brethren. Why? There was a legal case against you. Oh, come on. But when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he redeemed you from the curse of the law. There was a, he redeemed you from the legality that was against you. The legal side of heaven that was against you. And said he is the child of the living God. It was not a small thing. It was a great salvation. It was a great salvation that he did for you on the cross. There was a legal case against you. You were just like the Lord's wife. Who the angels did not know the name. But when Jesus saved you, he said I called you by name. There was a legal case against you. 
this morning hallelujah praise the lord let me tell you it is a great salvation today you know what people hear about salvation oh i am saved so why ever should i i told you it's a class you are saved but you have not understood it's a great salvation Anybody who understands great salvation cannot sit here in the hallelujah in the four corners of the church. They will move out. Oh, come on, church. It is not a Sunday that they will speak about Jesus. Their Jesus is 24 hours on their lips. Whatever that they do, it involves the presence of God. It's a great salvation. Bible says you are under the curse of the law. So what God did do, He took somebody who was innocent. And to put that guilt that was upon your shame and, and I place it on him so that you can be acquitted. Praise the Lord. When you were God's enemy, in Romans 5, 10, 11 says, God sent his son. When you were the enemies of the cross, when you were the enemies of God, he sent his only son, Jesus. That whoever believeth in him shall not perish that of eternal life. Romans 3.25 says he's the propitiation. Propitiation means the removal of God's punishment for sin through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He was your propitiation. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the punishment. He removed the punishment through the perfect sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. That's why you are not under law. You are under grace. You are under favor. Hallelujah. Such a great salvation. You don't need to feel bad. You don't need to feel belittled. You don't need to feel small. You don't need to go back from here defeated. You are victorious. You are an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because the legality of his case, he removed it all. What does it mean? You would have heard this. If there was a hundred thousand rupee note, just imagine was manufactured, now two thousand rupee note, manufactured by the Reserve Bank. It would have gone to, first time, that note would have gone where? Uh, it would have gone to the nightclubs. Then to the brothel. The, the, then, then to the bar. This, wherever it goes, it is still thousand rupees. Isn't it? It would have gone to a drug agent. Then it's somebody... Somebody would have, <laughs> the drug agent would have become born again. He would have come to the church and praise the Lord. And he put that as the offering in the church. But how many of you know that thousand rupee note has not lost its value? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You would have been, hallelujah. Oh, your life would have gone, hallelujah, to the brothel. Hallelujah. You would have gone to the clubs and to the, uh, and to the fantasies of the world and to the sinfulness of the world. And how many of you know it is because of his great love and great salvation. You are not devalued. You are still valued at the 2,000 rupees. Hallelujah. Still valuable in the eyes of God. That's why it's a great salvation. He kept your value. There was a social angle. In every case, there is a social angle. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery, everybody said, stone her. Social angle. She is supposed to be stoned. In John chapter 4, the Bible says the woman that is here is a living relationship. She had five, living, five husbands. The one she is living is a living. She, she is not supposed to be a good woman to speak to. It's a social angle. People are putting you down because of your past. They're still holding people. That's what society do. Praise the Lord. Or Simon who caught nothing. Everybody said this Simon. The very word Simon means what? Hallelujah. He's wavering. He's shaking. He's like a reed. Can go into any way, any direction. You can, you can capitalize. You can trust him. 
You don't know what he will do on the given day. Look at the disciples, Thomas, the Didamus. Thomas is not just Thomas, he says, Thomas the Didamus. You don't know what, when he will doubt. You think that Jesus is resurrected, that day he will come and he will doubt you. Isn't it amazing? The so-called, you think apostles are coming here and sleeping. They don't clap, they don't have a Bible, they don't come here. Hallelujah, they've been in the ministry with pastor for a long time. They come here and sleep. That's what Thomas is all about. Amen. Why I'm saying, they doubt. There was a social angle. Some people unloved, they can't love back. Some people inferior, they can't say sorry. There's a social angle, that's how they've come. They've taught, there's a social angle to their lives. So there is a legal angle, there is a social angle. Have you seen people, they can never say sorry. They can never say wrong. There are so many people who are here who are missing out on the blessing of God because they are never taught by their dad and their mom and their grandparents to say sorry. They don't say sorry to their dad. They come to the pastor, they sit. Not, they have not reached anywhere, but they complain, they murmur, they go, go back home, they spread lies going after home after home about people in the church. And, and, and these are the kind of, so, there's a social angle and they, they are upset that why everybody is getting blessed and I'm not blessed. There's a social angle. According to the society, a social angle, there's a problem that you have. And nobody can, hallelujah, praise the Lord, put up with you. But Jesus said, aha. Even I can't put up with you. But Jesus said, this man who had a problem from the mother's womb in Acts chapter 3, he has a social problem, but Jesus died on the cross. He said, I'm not here to stone you, but your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. The social angle against your case is being solved through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why it's a great salvation. You don't have to come here getting hurt or upset about everything anymore because that was a social angle on your life you that learned from the society and the and the life that you lived and that's what people said about you but you don't have to carry it anymore that's how you came out from the womb but that's not the way you will go up hallelujah when jesus comes back how many of you believe that hallelujah it is not a great salvation if you go up the same way that you came out come on you were born again but when you go your spirit your soul your body jesus said i will make you blameless at the coming of jesus christ come on church this morning hallelujah jacob came as jacob but he left his body as israel hallelujah, hallelujah. he had a dignified death if you want to have a dignified death, you should not go back as Jacob. You go back as Israel. Before you go, you bless everyone. Hallelujah. Bless your children, your grandchildren. He did not go with murmur, cursing, angry. He went, hallelujah, with the power of the Holy Spirit. He went blessing people, went with peace. Just like Jesus said, I commit my spirit to the Father and it's time for me to go back. Such peace that they left. But such a great salvation. That's why 1 Corinthians 1, 28 to 29 says, you were not greatly social, socially great. You were not great in my language. He says, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. Man, the social angle was against you, but God said, these are the guys, I'm going to raise them up. So in a case, there is always a legal angle. There is always a social angle. And Jesus set you free from both because there is a divine angle. 
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's why in Ephesians 1, he says, you are blessed and chosen. Your divine stand. You are predestined and adopted. You are holy and blameless. You are pure and accepted. You are redeemed and forgiven. You are planned and purposed. Look at the grand stand he's giving you. Have you ever been to a cricket ground? If you go to Mumbai cricket ground, you will see Sunil Gavaskar stand. And you see Sunil Gavaskar sitting there. The grand stand is being honored and accepted. You can understand why he's a great man, a great cricketer. But you don't understand why Rogan Gavaskar is sitting next to him. He's also sitting in the grandstand. He has played some domestic matches, hardly played a couple of matches for the country. But because of Sunil Gavaskar, he too got the grandstand. That's the divine angle. You did not, <laughs> come on church this morning. You were not supposed to be on the grandstand. You were not supposed to be seated with God in the heavenly places. You were not supposed to walk in the blessing of God, in the inheritance of God. You were not supposed to. You were the enemy of God. But because of Jesus, you too are in the grandstand. That is the divine level. That's the divine angle. Hallelujah. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a social angle. There was a legal angle. There was a divine angle. And three of these areas, God was favorable to you. That's why it's called a great salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What was the great things that he done on the cross for you? 1 John 3, 1. It says, great was the love. Let's read that scripture. 1 John 3, 1. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, Look at how great a love the Father. It was a great salvation because it was the great love of the Father. That's why John 3, 16, God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, Jesus, that whoever believeth in Him shall never perish, but have eternal life. Have you accepted Jesus Christ? If you have not, today is a good day. You will never perish. But have eternal life. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the great salvation. You will never perish. Hallelujah. Nobody can steal it from your life. Don't stay here unloved. On the cross, he put a value over your life. Hallelujah. Through the blood that flood from his heart. Hallelujah. That's why we break the sometimes come every time when we come and uh, break the bread on the table. That's what we remember. Such a great salvation. Such a great love that flowed and revealed upon my life. And how valuable I am before Jesus. Number two, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, 16, it was a great light. Those who sat in darkness saw a great light. It was a great salvation because on the cross there was the great light that flowed from his life. 1 Peter chapter 2 and the ninth one, woman most Peter said, it was a marvelous light. Praise the Lord. I like that. When Peter, who has experienced the great light, said, oh my God, I've experienced it, I've tasted it. It's marvelous. How many of you can say, so many people are saying, oh, I'm saved, I, I don't feel like doing anything, I am bored. I, I. Why? Because they know in their head, it's a great light that saved them, but they don't know, they're not still experienced the great salvation. It was not the great light, it was a marvelous light. Oh, come on church. That's why you keep coming to Jesus. That should be the reason you keep coming out of your failures. Like Peter who kept coming, it's marvelous light. Oh, come on, church. Every good church, during the mid of month, they get back to the basics. So that the church will be strong. I'm not telling you something, new things. I'm just telling you things that you know already to make you strong. Line by line. Hallelujah. It's a great...
salvation. Hallelujah. Because you should experience it. Paul said, this is a light from heaven. Paul called this a light from heaven. How many of you know when the gospel is preached, when Jesus died on the cross, this is the gospel. It was not just a great light. It was not just a marvelous light. It was the light from heaven that was sent personally for you to make you from Saul to Paul. Hallelujah. It's a personal light. So many people were, but it hit Paul. There are so many people sitting here. At least there is one person who will be hit by this light. Oh, praise the Lord. There are people interested, people are disinterested. People are going through many troubles, but there is somebody, hallelujah, who is going to be shaken up by this light. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you are here who said, I cannot change by myself. I'm so terrible. I, there are things that in my life that I cannot tell people. There are temptations and thoughts. What will I do? Switch on the light. Switch on the light that flowed from the cross of Calvary. Switch on the light of this great salvation. When you switch on the light, you will extinguish the darkness. Praise the Lord. The darkness will go immediately. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul was zealous to kill Christians. Then the light hit. He became zealous to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. What are zealous this morning? Are you zealous to go and eat a biryani? Are you zealous to go back? Hallelujah. You meet with your friends. What are you zealous at this moment? Or are you thinking about going back and telling somebody that Jesus is your savior? What are you zealous? To make more money? To get my marriage partner? What are you zealous? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me? When the light shines, the strongholds break. Hallelujah. Amen. It's only a matter of you by faith say, Lord, I believe that you are the light. Immediately the strongholds will break. Even as you are listening, the strongholds are breaking. I'm switching on the light through preaching this word again. I'm switching on the light. Praise the Lord. I see strongholds over your enemy that has put over your life, family, over your generations. I see it in my spirit being broken. Hallelujah. If you believe it, put your hands together. Pray in the Holy Spirit for a minute. Hallelujah. Victory by the blood of Jesus. Amen. The Lord will give you a testimony and a transformation just as he gave Paul. Hallelujah. Why it's a great salvation? Hebrews chapter 13 and the 20th word says that Jesus who died on the cross was a great shepherd. He was not just a shepherd. Read Hebrews chapter 13 and 20th words. Now may the God of peace who brought up Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Amen. The great shepherd. Hallelujah. John 10 and 11th verse says, He came to give you life and life in all abundance. But when does that life flow within you? The 11th verse. John chapter 10 and the 11th verse says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for the sheep. Amen. Because Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. And he's the good shepherd who knows you by name. You call upon Jesus, the life is what that will flow from within you. You don't need to sit in darkness and dryness. After this Sunday, you don't have to say, oh, I, have, I was a dry day, a dry day. Some people use it for other things, but we Christians usually say, dry day means we could not sit with the presence of God. We could not drink from the waters of life, not the water, 
praise the lord the waters of life dry day but when you believe that jesus christ is a shepherd he's a great shepherd and the bible says he's a great shepherd because he sealed the everlasting covenant he ratified it with formal sanction that means the covenant that jesus made through his blood it's ratified with a formal sanction of god that which means it will never become old praise the lord it's an everlasting covenant hallelujah it will never become old hallelujah even when i'm speaking to you this morning it has got a new power a new grace a new love that flows through you and energizes you and saves you and sets you free it is an everlasting eternal new covenant hallelujah there is life that will flow every time it cannot get old god's word doesn't get old because of the life of Jesus the spirit gives life why it's a great salvation proverbs 22 and the first verse proverbs 22 and the first verse on the cross that's not the light jesus gave there's something more 20 a great name is uh, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches loving favor rather than silver and gold a good name is to be chosen over great wealth favor is better than silver and gold a good name the four things that god gives you through jesus christ and the death of his salvation number one a good name praise the lord that's why jesus said i'll call you by your name he gave you a name a good name is more important great riches is important great wealth is important what is more important is good name what is more important good name what is important good name he may put chose abraham and said you are abraham a good name he anointed once he knows you by name he anoints your name come on church when you anoint his name i said lord anoint petra church we had a good name now want an anointing over that greater impact over the city how many of you will pray for that and believe that tonight god will anoint the church hallelujah and anoint it hallelujah so that we will have greater impact a voice will go in greater parts of the city because hallelujah he gives a good name hallelujah on the cross he takes all the bad things out of your life and he gives you a good name first after he gives you a good name then he will give you great riches some people say good name means oh, my heart is right before god pastor my heart is right before that is not good name when you have good name you have good name with god good name with your spouse good name in the family that you are married good name in the church good name with the pastor you given good name with your enemies praise the lord I was as if you make your ways peace if you make your ways right before God even your enemies will make peace with you Amen. good people like Abraham and Moses they wanted the 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 people like Abraham they Abimelech said I want to be your friend praise the lord are you with me church you have a good name everywhere he gives you a good name is better than riches so when on the cross everything that was connected to your past he nailed it 
and says, I give you a good name. Nobody, neither will I remember it. Either will I remember it. Nobody will anybody remember it. You have a good name. Hallelujah. You have a good name. And I'm going to anoint that name. Hallelujah. But people will know that you are my son. You are my daughter. You are my child. Praise the Lord. Then, hallelujah, he will give you great riches. He will give you silver and gold. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then he will give you favor. Then he will give you great riches. But the favor is to be entreated. Without favor, only money is there. You will go in the wrong direction. So all these things, good name, riches, favor, silver and gold. God said it's mine. He will give all these things to you. But what is more important? Good name. Good name. Everybody say good name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you with me, church? Paul, whose name God knew, and he anointed. He's the one who said, my God shall supply. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. ഏശുവിളിച്ചവൻസിക്കുന്നത് and outside of the church you should to have a good name with your spouse you need to have a good name with your in-laws you should have a good name hallelujah you from your part do it praise the lord rest god will take care you still might have faults you still might fall that's god takes care of it but submit to god and say lord anoint my name then he will supply romans 8:32 says what if he has died for you romans 8:32 he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things will he not freely give us if jesus christ only died for your salvation it's not a great salvation he said not only i died so that you go to heaven i died that you will have everything there should not be any lack i will supply you all the need praise the lord a great salvation bible says in the psalm 10537 under the old covenant people celebrated the passover under the old covenant they came out with gold and silver belli kondu ponnum kondu apale neemathik irangi how much more in the new covenant you will have plenty and more than enough how can you say that oh my god in the old covenant there were more in the new covenant it's then it's not an eternal better covenant if gold and silver was how they came out so salvation does not stay hallelujah in your spirit it flows in your mind in body it supplies your finances too Amen. even this evening i see strongholds over 
finances of the people being broken. There was enemy that was holding your finances, enemy holding your jobs, or holding your salaries, holding your hallelujah, praise the Lord, pay, hallelujah, holding even, deciding that, hallelujah, where you should be. The devil was deciding, hallelujah, over your job. This morning in the blood name of Jesus, I release it to God's decision. I release your job, I release your career, I release your finances, I release your provisions. Oh, hallelujah, to God's decision. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the years to come, I mean the days to come, you will hear amazing testimonies of what God has blessed people. It's already happening. It's already happening. Receive it even. I feel an anointing over your finances. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Amen. God decides your finances, which job, which business, which play, play, shares, where to put their money, where not to, who to get yoked with, who not to get yoked with. God's decision. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, some people say there's only spiritual blessing. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, speak about the blessings that come to givers. Not to anyone, to the givers. Two chapters full of about financial blessing. Amen. Church is not asking for money, but the Bible says bring your whole tithe to the storehouse, the local church where you come, and God will bless you. It's up to you what to see the blessing. You put the 10% for God's work, God will bless the 90%. That's what he said. If you want to obey it, obey it. And be blessed. Now ask anyone who tithes and say whether they were ever not blessed. Hallelujah. Line by line tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes people are tensed about their lives. Tensed about their worry. They think that they don't have enough faith. They think they don't have enough faith. You know, to believe, and especially when it says these kind of scriptures are put, I don't have enough faith. That's the time that you need to look to the cross and say, with the faith that I have, I can receive. Come on, church. What the faith that I have, I can I'll bring before the cross. It becomes great faith. Come on. I can receive everything God has called me to receive from heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Such is the great salvation. It touches with the faith that you have. Ah, come on, church. And it will start flowing from within you. What is real prosperity? Not everybody coming, you know, prosperity doesn't mean not everybody coming in a bench. Prosperity means that if you have a need for 1,000 rupees, you will have at least 1,010 rupees. 1,100 rupees. If you have only 900 rupees, you are in a lack. If you need 10,000 rupees, you will have at least 11,000 rupees. That is prosperity. It will be there more than what you need. Some churches to run needs only 10,000. Some church needs 10 lakhs. But how much ever their need is, there will be at least 10,000 rupees more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some people have a small business. It only need a 1,000 rupee breakthrough. Some have a huge business. Hallelujah. One crore rupee breakthrough. So you come to church, I only pray for 1,000 rupee breakthrough. It's easy to understand. 1,000 rupee. God can bless the 1,000 rupee God will bless you. He can't bless you one crore rupee. Come on, church. 
Don't make him. He will bless every need. Hallelujah. If you believe it this morning, he will supply your need according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, lack of time. That's why it's called a great salvation. Number two, great blessing. The great blessing that God has given you. 2 Timothy 2.20. 2 Timothy 2.20. 2 Timothy 2.20. 2 but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some of honor and some for dishonor. Ah, so it's not only great salvation. It doesn't stay there. The house that you come to, what house is it? You know why you come to this church and you never become great in prayer, a great man of God, a great brother, a great sister, a great husband, because you never treat this as a great house. Ah, you got this? You got this? You got this? You got this? If I come here, I don't consider this a great house. I don't become a great pastor. Oh, come on, church. Every time you come to the house of God, you don't come casually, you know, coming here, you know, somehow, somehow you know, help pastor to know that I am all... Come, come, it's a great house. You make God understand that you are coming to a great house. In between, take a phone call, go there and speak to some... Don't do that. It's not a great house. Great house people come with a great Bible called the Holy Bible. It's a Holy Bible. It's a holy book. What the scriptures that you're writing, it's great. You have to say, I am coming to a great place. It's a great house. Right. Who will become great? You. House is great. The body becomes great. If you are a part of the body, you become great. Uh, everybody is not everybody is coming to church but not a part of the body part of the body is closely associated with the gospel work that is coming in the church gospel work not come for social gathering after some people spend more time after the church in the church rather than during the church isn't it amazing because they come for social gathering It is a great house of gold and silver, vessels of honor. You have to say, oh, God's body, I need to be a part of the body. I know it's, it's not enough to come on a Sunday. I need to be on Friday too. I, need, I put a part of the body. It's a great house. Everybody, it's a great house. The oh, pastor is there. Look at the camera. Pastor is there. Everybody comes. No, no, no. It's a, your house. It's a great house. You have to keep saying church is a great place. It's a, in Acts chapter 2, the early church became great, not as individuals. The church became great because the Bible says there was great grace, great power, and also the great fear of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the Old Testament church, under the anointing of God, if anybody sleeps, Paul would come and have a look and he will fall down from... Everybody, even in their sleep, they saw me coming. See, the great house, there was great fear of God. Nobody dared to do anything in the church other than looking to Jesus and worshipping God. Amen. Let me tell you, my brother. Let me tell you something. If you're coming to this church, it's a great church. 
Don't come casually. This might not be a place. There are better churches outside. I pray that you will come here considering it's a great church to worship a great God. And I, as long as you don't have that mindset, you know what to do. Praise the Lord. It's for great people. It's for greatness of the gospel. It's Bible calls it a great house. It should be revered. The presence of God is here. The early church gathered in unity. What happened? Boom. Miracles. Everything happened. Everything possibly happened. Even the handkerchief brought healings. Isn't it great? They didn't have time to go. Even the handkerchiefs brought healings. What is the one thing that was there in that great church? Why was it became great? Because there was unity. That's the only thing. How wonderful it is, brother. How wonderful it is, brothers and sisters, dwell together in unity. In the great house, when unity is there, the church becomes great. Today, we cannot even tolerate the one sitting next to us. Coming to church. Where is he? Uh, oh, there. I'll sit there. We cannot even tolerate the one who's sitting next to us. How can it be a great church? It is called the unity of the spirit, which means there is also a demonic unity. Everybody said demonic unity. John chapter 17, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit prayer. Jesus said, let them be one as we are one. That's godly unity. That's why we, we you know, when we baptize people, we baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Speak about godly unity. That's what Jesus said. There's also demonic unity. Satan, Antichrist, and the false prophet. Under godly unity, when we come together, people are saved. And God confirms his word with signs, miracles, and wonders. Under false or demonic unity, it brings the false Christ. Duplicate Christ, it reveals with lying signs and lying wonders. Which Christ are you following? If you are united to God and his word and united in the church, Antichrist will have no place in your life. Two or three are gathered in my name. Godly unity. Babel. It was a demonic unity. God confused it. They were trying to make a name for themselves. Demonic unity. Everybody was concerned about them, them, them. They becoming great. Hallelujah. Here it's not about they. It's about church becoming great for the glory of God. Hallelujah. It's not individuals becoming great. We have a heart of the servant. It's about the body of Christ reflecting the glory of God. Moses, Hur, and Joshua, godly unity. He revealed, hallelujah, what is Jehovah, his victory. He is my victory. Avan Jayaman, godly unity. Amalek was lost and wiped out. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram spoke against Moses and the leadership. Demonic unity. Earth swallowed them. Cain killed Abel because he did not agree with the demonic unity he had. Pilate and the Herod Suddenly agreed, hallelujah, those who were enemies suddenly were united to kill Jesus. Demonic unity. Ten people brought bad report. Demonic unity. Jesus created the world. God created the world. Let us create man in his image and likeness. It was, hallelujah, God's 
godly unity that brought the creation to existence. It was God's greatly, great hallelujah power and grace flowed in godly unity. Creation happened. Oh, come on church. When we are united, creation happens. It was the demonic unity that made Adam, uh, made Lucifer became a devil with, the, with the other angels. A demonic unity. He was the one who started it. Marriage is a divine unity. Adultery is a demonic unity. So disunity is what? A demonic unity or a false unity. People uniting for wrong reasons is a disunity. Oh, come on church. People uniting to speak against the servant of God. Demonic unity. People uniting themselves to speak against a brother or sister in Christ. Demonic unity. Come on. And today, as the Lord released this word, demonic unity be broken in the name of Jesus. How many of you believe it? Hallelujah. 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 Familiar spirit, demonic unity. Two people with the same negative spirits uniting. People who have a problem, hallelujah, with a pastor. Two people uniting and speaking against the pastor is demonic unity. It's a familiar spirit. You find people suddenly attracted. Jezebel and Ahab was demonic family. They killed Naboth and took hold of the vineyard of God. It was a demonic unity in the family. Even I see certain families are not getting a breakthrough because they're uniting against God, uniting against God's word, uniting against the church, uniting against the word of the living God, uniting against the working of the church, the husband and the wife and the children, all getting united into a demonic unity and it'll be bound and to be broken and the families be released into the unity of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Can you imagine husband and wife united to kill somebody? What is it? Godly unity? When people gather together to criticize people, it's demonic unity. Hallelujah. Amen. Church is great. It doesn't have place for demonic unity. This morning, I feel, hallelujah, being broken over the church, hallelujah, and the church becoming free in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three, great blessing. I don't have time to speak. I'll just read it. Revelation chapter 22 and the 11th verse. Is it? Genesis. Hallelujah. Uh, you can read it later. You have to read the entire chapter. It speaks about Jerusalem, the great city, our future city. Jesus will come back a second time, save the saints and take it to our future city, Jerusalem, the holy city. It's a blessing to know that we have a great city. It's a blessing to live so that we can once again reign in this great city. Are you living your life thinking that one day I'm going to reign in this great city? It is spoken, the people who goes there are called the overcomers. Everybody say overcomers. How can you be an overcomer? Just a few points and I'm through. Exodus chapter 12, 8 and 9. How can you be an overcomer? Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. 
do not eat it raw nor boil at all with water but roast it in fire its head with its legs and its entrails amen hallelujah you should not eat in raw but burned in fire speaking about jesus christ being judged with the judgment of god he was roasted in the judgment of god he said you should not boil it in water you should not boil this message in water it has to be spoken in this entirety hallelujah you want to be an overcomer you have to know what jesus christ has done for you on the cross in its entirety amen and you know that he was roasted raw come on church he took all the judgment you don't have to walk under a condemnation or judgment this morning you are saved by grace you are under the favor of god you are greatly loved hallelujah praise the lord in jesus name amen, amen. hallelujah the bible says but how do you eat it you should eat it with his head first his head for yours eat his head he took your head in other words today your head is full of tension about your future your children your stress full of condemnation about the past give it to jesus and take his mind come on church hallelujah you don't have to carry that problem about your marriage on the delay of your marriage nothing leave it and say his mind the plans that he has for me plans to prosper not be destroyed plans to have a hope and a future man hallelujah some people said some one person said i will go mad if i think about the kind of life that i've lived and the mistakes that i've made and the messes that i created i will go mad some people are going mad of what the things that they have done the mistakes they've done but this morning you don't have to be mad god took your mad mind hallelujah ninde buddhiyum ninde vattu pidikina manasu eduthittu kartavu avanne manasu ninakkai thannirikkunu thala ninna madi thalakku thala praise the lord hallelujah in chinese medicine there is a there is a way if a child has a problem in their lungs they, they will ask somebody you know they will the doctors will ask the child to eat a lung of an animal lung for lung if a, if a, somebody has a problem with the liver it's a eat pig's liver i don't know that will work i don't think so but the principle is the same here if you have a problem in whichever part of your body appropriate the work of the cross on that area of your life by faith in Jesus Christ amen, amen. amen. praise the lord Hallelujah. how many of you will say that this morning i am healed because he took my sickness i am saved because he took it out of my cross hallelujah my exchange was on him that's why when you partake of the bread i am preparing you to partake of the bread and the wine in the coming weeks so every time why you partake chumma don't come and eat it when you partake of the bread and the wine you are appropriating his mind for you hallelujah you don't have to die with alzheimers ayo maravi today people have alzheimers at age 30 praise the lord but he said by the stripes of jesus i am healed he says then eat its legs his legs for your your legs how many of you are exercising you exercise your legs so that you know even in the old age you'll be walk well Kenneth Hagin was told if he want to be healthy he need to exercise well he need to take care of his legs he would exercise every day some doctors do they say if your heart if you if you if you want to walk well i mean if you want to have good heart what do you do you need to walk every day you want to be an overcomer walk every day ah come on church come on church 
your heart, your doctor is Jesus. If you want to have a good heart before him, walk every day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Bible says in Isaiah 40, 30, what it says? What three things it says? Eagle, you will fly like eagle. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and shall not pain. Everybody likes to come to what? To fly. Sunday they come. Monday, no address. Not to be a flying Christian. Or somebody come and prophesy. Prophet Burr. Prophet Sir. Running to prophet. That's not what we want. An overcomer is not running from prophets to prophet. Flying from, hallelujah, conference to conference. An overcomer is one who will walk every day. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you with this word. We have a great, what are we have? The great salvation. We have a great house. And we have a great city. And you want to be an overcomer. The overcomers that go into the city. Amen. Let's close our eyes in prayer. Hallelujah.